It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I still cannot believe that it is happening this week. And of course, if the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, fantasy season is long, long gone, right? Oh, no, no, no. Not at DraftKings. The fantasy football season never stops there. So while the season-long league is long gone and we are sitting there kicking back, drinking beers, and rooting on the birds, it is not too late to draft a new fantasy football team and win money while doing it. Check out the brand new single-game showdown at DraftKings. It's the newest way to play one week fantasy football and drafting your team is faster than ever all you do is draft six players that's it four offensive two defensive obviously i'm all picking eagles players but you do you you can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can even just compete against a group of your friends so get to draftkings.com now and use promo code bgnr to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes this sunday for the big game that's promo code bgnr to compete for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. For WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh. From the Tasty Cake Studios, right here on 400 Market, it's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and from the cold 20 below degree weather in Minnesota, Mr. Trey Thomas joins us this afternoon. Dude, what's up, Trey? Oop, we get, there we go. Oh, my bad. I didn't, you know, push my microphone. Turn my <laughs> mic right. on. Here we go. Next time your producer <laughs> might have your back, we'll see. You know what? Yeah, because I usually don't have to worry about that. But yeah. Here we go. Yeah. But I made it back, man. You know, I was happy to get out of the, you know, the, my, the wind chill of uh, negative 20 degrees. Man. I guess once you get under zero, I mean, like, you know. It's just cold. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's was going cold, on. It's just really cold, you know. But it was a lot of fun, though. You know, just be hanging out there um, 
doing the radio row and everything, and then uh, going to Paisley Park. Me and my wife went out to Paisley Park and hung out for a little bit. It's awesome. And then that's pretty much all to see in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. That's you, know, there's, there's <laughs> a, you know, I don't think. Print, we, we did Prince Mall of and America. nothing else, right? Yeah, yeah. Just Mall of America. You know, I'm not a big mall guy because yeah. there's nothing really in there that fits me, so I don't really deal with it, you know, but, you know, that was it. You didn't take the zip line down the Mississippi River? No, with no, the minus no, no zip line. Weather? Just because I don't do zip lines just because there's a weight restriction. And so, you know, I, I just... <laughs> don't no, take that yeah, risk. I don't, yeah, yeah, no. I don't want to be that guy where the harness snaps and... I'm in the middle of the Mississippi River. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Former Eagles wrapped in the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. uh, had to get four horses just to, to drag them on out of there. But, yeah. uh, guys, it's um, I didn't think we'd be here, this, you know, previewing the Super Bowl. Uh, if you told me that when uh, Doug is yelling, hey, seven to nine stinks. And uh, I, I didn't expect a, a big leap. And now we're here, James. We are, you know, just about 24 hours away from being at the Fillmore uh, with uh, the whole WIP crew, the whole Bleeding Green Nation crew, to watch a Super Bowl game against, again, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. John, not only did we not think we'd be here, we certainly didn't think we'd be here with Nick Foles playing quarterback. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, you know, we keep saying it, and and whether I'm not a Destiny or fake guy, I, I believe in this locker room and the specialness of this group of guys, but... Whatever you believe in, uh, you know, this story, if they can cap it off, like we all believe they're going to on Sunday, tomorrow, the Super Bowl, uh, it's like more than a sports movie, man. It's the kind of thing, I, I've said it before, but I feel like if you walked into some Hollywood guy's office with a script and this was the script, they would look at him and be like, no, that's too unrealistic for a sports movie. That's how absurd the way this has played out is. And ultimately it would be, the most fitting way in my mind for this whole, you know, never want a Super Bowl thing to end would be when every single person in this city was out and then they bring us back in with Nick Foles. It would just, it's it's almost too good to be true, John. 888-729-9494. Want your thoughts, feelings, emotions, X's and O's. We're all going to go through it. And Trey, that's why I want to start here. Uh. It, what does it feel like when an entire city is going, yeah, I think this is just going to happen as a player? Does that provide any emotional support? Are you guys not paying attention to it at all? What What is it like in the locker room right now? Well, I think the players are definitely paying attention to it because they can hear it. They they, they can feel the energy right now, uh, especially, especially when you're walking around and you're out there and, it, and there's really nowhere for the fans to go out there in Minnesota except for in the Mall of America. <laughs> and so when, you, when, the, when you're walking around and you ha- you're hearing the Eagles chants and you start to hear how the fans are rallying behind them, I know that can only help boost the confidence that these guys are already walking around with right now. So I just think that, you know, it's definitely something to continue to feed off of. And I think our fans have just really willed these guys to get into this position anyway. You know, and, you know, especially against the, with, against the Vikings, just the energy that it took to get these guys there. I think they really rolled that wave into this position right here. Hey, Trey, I want to ask you a question about, you kind of hit on it there, and we've talked a lot about it. The belief that this city has in this team but also the belief those guys in the locker room have in each other, having yeah. Doug, having the coaching staff, having their ability to do it. I, I've always said this, and, and you're the perfect person to ask, that in football more than any other sport, that level of emotion, that level of being able to harness that type of stuff, that that matters more in football than any other sport. Would you agree with that? Uh, definitely, you know, because that's, that's the thing that you feed off of, and you need that. It, you know, to kind of when you, when you get tired or when you get, um, you know, a little fatigued, you need that energy, that confidence, that 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 someone that can continue to that you can ride the wave off of the to kind of help pull you back up. Yeah, absolutely, and that's 
uh, we're, we're getting that vibe too, and it just certainly feels like for whatever. And it's not even a belief; it's not a destiny. I've heard destiny a right. lot this time. It's not. Uh, it's not destiny. No. This is this is fifty three or better than this fifty three. Yes. And a lot of people are saying that they're just not as good, specifically because of the two guys that they're going up against. And that's all I've heard this week. Well, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So I guess we'll just flush the toilet on this thing and go home and do all this other stuff. And uh, through national writers, uh, I don't think anybody locally is really picking against the the Eagles here. But certainly there's there's also that feel. So you have the, the Eagles fans' energy. You have a bunch of people still doubting this team. And I, to me, guys, I don't know about you. They're looking at the wrong things. This is always Tom Brady versus that defense. Uh, this Eagles defense, which is... Trust me, I have the same worries about tempo and short passing game. You've heard it all week. Why isn't everybody going, wow, this Eagles offense just matches up so much better than the, what the Patriots defense can provide here? I really think the 48 over and under in this game is going to be a little telling. This might be a shot-for-shot type of football game, which initially makes you nervous because it's Brady. Every every freaking Super Bowl has never been a blowout for them. They haven't scored a point in the first quarter. There's a methodical way that they go about doing things, but I think the Eagles' offense is way better. Uh, and I, I don't know. I that's that's my belief. That's my feel. The Eagles' offense is going to carry them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further. It's not just the offense. It's Doug Peterson and the offense. It's our belief that Doug Peterson can go toe to toe with Belichick from a scheme perspective. And not just that, this offense is so much more talented than this New England defense, Sean. You hit on it. I think you brought up a really interesting point, though, with the concept that, and it's true, you look at every national, I've uh, there's one person, I've seen maybe 30 people so far, and I'm sure there are others, and uh, Kyle, Grant, Kyle Brandt, so I guess two, but he's been on since the beginning. Robert Mays is the only national person I've heard yet pick the Eagles, and I'm sure there are others. But every single person in this city, like 99% of this city, believes this team is going to win. And I think it's because you have to be here. You have to see this team every day. You have to see how they go about their business, how they are a true team, the exemplification of that concept. That's why we have such confidence, and that's why I think it's harder for people outside this city to understand and feel what's truly going on here. Yeah, do you, do you agree with that, trade? Like, there's this Eagles offense really just stacks up a lot better against that Patriots defense. And that again, I know it's cliche to say in the trenches and stuff, but that offensive line is a huge weapon in this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Because, I mean, we're going to have to go out there and, first of all, our main thing is going to have to be protect foes. You know, we're going to have to make him confident, make him feel comfortable out there, and we're going to need to run the ball. I mean, this defense isn't a a, a defense that really scares you. It's not like you look at it going up against Minnesota's defense. Um, I mean, they did finish the, the, the season with like 40-plus sacks. I mean, they've created some pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's just based off of scheme more than just actually having some real headhunters out there. Um, but I, I think that our offensive line right now, the way they are gelling and the way they are playing are extremely aggressive, I think we match up extremely well against them, especially, you know, when you look at the back end of it over there, secondary. I mean, you know, I think that if we can continue to get the ball out on time and allow our receivers to win, and I like our chances of matched up against this defense because there's no one that really – that you really are really scared of on that defensive front. You know, uh, of course – when you're looking at Harrison that's coming over from Pittsburgh, sure. he can be a handful. I've played up against him, but he's not one of those guys. That's, I mean, first of all, how crazy is it that Trey Thomas <laughs> has played against a guy who's playing the Super Bowl, yeah. other than Brady, obviously? Yeah, you know, but he's, he's, 
even though he's in his what fifteenth year, yeah, it's but I mean this dude, I mean he's still going to bring it, you know, and that's going to be a problem for you know it can be a challenge for Vitae. But anytime Vitae is matched up against a big name, he's he's he showed up and played a very good in a, a very standout game. So I, I think our offense is going to do very well against this defense. Yeah, Vitae his best game of the season potentially against Everson oh, Griffin. Yeah. Exactly. But in addition to that, not just the ability to protect Foles. I think you're going to see a real advantage for this Eagles offensive line in the running game. Yeah. Getting to that second level, we've talked about it a lot. Kelsey Brooks, Lane Johnson, the athleticism those guys have. Adding in a guy, I, like, look, I think this is a Jay Ajayi football game. Yeah. He is faster than their linebackers. Our linemen can get to the second level and block their linebackers. They struggle against wheel routes. They struggle on screens. I think this is that type of game where this running game and the running backs in the passing game because of how athletic this offensive line is, can really have a big impact on this game. 888-729-9494. Want to get all your thoughts, feelings, and especially if you have questions for Trey, uh, it's a great time to to do it, to uh, been uh, talk to somebody who's literally been there. Let's go to Steve in uh, North Philly. What's up, Steve? What's going on? How you doing? Good, man. Hey, good, good. All right. But so, Trey, Trey, I'm, I'm calling you about one thing. The other day, you got your phone hacked, my good man. I was worried about you, <laughs> Oh, bro. no. Yeah, they got me, man. They got me out in Minnesota. They got you. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so let me ask you this. Were you using the uh, the, the free Wi-Fi that's around there out in Minneapolis? I don't know what was going on. My, they, first of all, they got my wife's card, I think. And, you know, it was more of my oh, wife's card. Oh, man. No wonder you yeah, hated it, the trip. Yeah, oh, man. God. And they shut down my wife's card, and then we, we had to use my card. We looked at – we had, like, maybe – 40 or 50 little charges of like $8 and something on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think we were using a lot of the free Wi Fi. That might yeah, be. So, uh-huh. so, so, listen, this is what you got to do, my good man. So, you, you got to protect your, your couple of dollars you got, man. You got to get yourself a VPN. Get a VPN oh, yeah. for your phone. So, uh-huh. it scrambles the tracker. That's good. That's good advice, Steve. Absolutely. Yeah, because. You're out there using them free Wi-Fi, man. They're going to take your stuff, but especially out there. They know everybody. High Rollers is out there using their phones. Yeah, see, be careful. see Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah. All, those, all those dang criminals. We're not yelling and yeah, screaming about them. Minnesota take away their nice my ass. Am I right? Come on. I appreciate that, Steve. I'm going to have to look into that. Let's go to Wade and Chester. What's up, Wade? What's up, fellas? Wade. All right. I'm a first-time calling, man, and I hate the show. You know what I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. I want, Trey, I want to disagree with you on something. I know you're trying to give the fans credit, but this team did not come together through the support and the, and the, and the, of, the of the fans. Actually, this, this team came together when Carson Wentz went down and everybody was against uh, Nick Foles being able to finish this thing. Nick Foles, by right, because he hasn't played in years, had every right to lose the Rams game. He had every right to lose the Atlanta game, every right to lose every game that he's played this year. But he stood up like a true trooper. And you talking about pressure, brother? Could nobody in this city have been under more pressure than Nick Foles have been under? So going out and, and going up against uh, uh, little Brady and cheating Belichick, brother, <laughs> that ain't no pressure. He didn't already stood up to the pressure. Now he just got to go out and finish, man. Yeah. Finish. I agree with you that because saying? now at first, thanks for calling. This team was extremely gelled together, and and you could tell that once pieces started falling off, you know they started kind of wrapping around each other a little tighter, a little tighter. But I think against that Minnesota team, though, you just really felt the energy of this or uh, of the city kind of just swirling around and kind of catapulting these guys up. 
And, you know, because you, when, you, when Wentz went down, it kind of pulled the air out of it. And then when you go back to that Oakland game, it was kind of like, you know, the, the, the feel in the stadium was, ah. Uh, What's you know, going on uh, here? You know, <laughs> we're waiting on yeah. something bad to happen. Yeah. And then, then I, I think in that Minnesota game, it just everybody just all came together. They started seeing what they were, what you could feel in the locker room, and just the energy just exploded and just really just took it over. Yeah, uh, I see. I kind of I, I agree and disagree with Wade because we are all kind of separated, just like Trey was talking mm-hmm. about there. And certainly, I think the biggest thing that we learned about this team was just how tight they were, how chemist the chemistry was just flowing throughout the, those last couple of weeks, and they kept defending and defending. Like, listen, guys, and it got to a point where, and it boiled over with Doug after he won that uh, Atlanta Falcons game, said nobody gave us a shot. You kind of locally, you you just wrote everybody off. So it's not like we we're all there at the same time and going like, yeah, they can do it anyway. It was kind of like a half split between everything. But the fact that they did come together, really, I think it started in Atlanta. We all just said, you know what? Screw it, they're going to win anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what started this gigantic run to get here. And certainly, the more importantly, James, they're playing their best football right now. That's yeah. the other thing that you look at and go, wow, the second season, which they always call, is that's that's exactly what they're doing. It's why, you know, Nick Foles was able to throw 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. And especially because if you were in that Minnesota stadium, when you heard this, the feel that was in that, it was just electrifying. And for and you could just tell that this team really fed off of that energy and just went out there and played probably their most dominant game of the season. Yeah, and and it's crazy too because that was a worry earlier in the season. We were like, are they peaking too early? Mm-hmm. They are the best team in football right now. They're beating everyone by thirty points. Who would have thought that comes around, Foles gets in, and then they're peaking in the NFC Championship game with a backup quarterback playing one of the best games in playoff history for a quarterback? And again, I don't. I think anyone expects Nick to do what he did against Minnesota in the Super Bowl, but we saw what the ceiling is. We saw how how great this offense can be with Nick Foles under center against a significantly better defense. I think it's silly to just say he can't be good again or that that was a fluke or whatever. We've mm-hmm. seen that, and, and Nick's a streaky guy. We've seen it. Like, sure, there is the possibility for him to have some issues, but I mean, man, the way he's handled this week, the way the team is handled this week, the whole attitude, the looseness. I just think, like, if you're here, if you've seen these guys, I don't know how you couldn't feel confident in them. Now, granted, it, uh, they, they won it because of a Scott Norwood wide right field goal. But I was watching. I don't know if you guys saw the two Bills 30 for 30. I hear Bill Parcell say, we were the only team to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. And who is that defense engineered by? Bill Belichick. When he came out with a lot yeah. of different weird stuff. And I, I just so, thought to it, myself, it, it, I go, not yet. We're going to put two on well, that list. Well, there's already two. He was wrong to begin with because oh. Doug Williams was a backup quarterback well, well, who started two games yeah. that season. It's way to go, Bill Parcells. So yeah, get your crap so, together, So Bill. make it three. And, You're uh, already wrong. There's just so many weird tie-ins to this entire game. There's history. There's just back and forth in the really the longevity of, of just everybody that has been a part of that Patriots organization. It spirals out from somewhere. So, um, yeah, certainly – I, I feel that same way. Like it's just it's it's bound to happen and I can't believe I'm I'm actually saying that I have the utmost faith uh in Nick Foles. Let's go to Bill in uh, Bluebell has been waiting a while. What's up, Bill? Well, I tell you, long time, Seltzer. Bill. You, you know the voice, right? Bill. Uh... Amazing. The thing is, let's talk about the coach. 
I think Doug is unique to the city. I think he's dynamic enough to look across the field and challenge Belichick. This guy was so smart. Are you there? Oh, yeah. We're listening. We're just listening to the story. This guy was so smart. He called the thing. I don't want the penalty on the the, the, the field. The, the edge point. I want to go for two. Yeah, I Remember love the he, aggressiveness there. I lo- no, no, forget that. He knew the game. Yeah. Every decision he's made, he, he processes information he, so quickly and seems to make the right call. Completely different to read is. Oh, my God. The polar opposites. Is, when I play you in chess, I play against the board. This guy knows the game. I think that Doug wins this game. Absolutely, Bill. You're I mean, to the I mean choir, Bill. he's been uh, he's been winning a lot of these games, and in fact, you hear uh, people like Ed Warner tell stories not only about Doug but the yeah. rest of this coaching staff, which uh, is is a great little nugget. I want to play for that for you after the break. Trey Thomas is in here with us. James Seltzer, John Barchard, Jack Fritz behind the glass. It's BGN Radio right here. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. What's up, BGN? This is Stephen Lee from West Palm Beach, Florida, checking in with my favorite memory from this season. You know, it was hard to narrow it down to one single moment, but the first thing that came to mind for me was the Panthers game. To that point, we had beaten Washington, New York, L.A., Arizona. But heading into Carolina, I feel like the masses still kind of viewed us as this cute, boutique type of team that rattled off a few wins. The Panthers game was a road game on national television against a team that everyone was starting to say was back in Super Bowl form. I felt like we dominated that game. It was hard fought and scrappy, but let's be real. The refs were the primary reason they were in it as late as they were. One of my favorite players on the team is Nigel Bradham, and I kind of viewed that win as his remember my name game. Newton back, fires to McCaffrey, who makes the catch, and he stopped at the two. He is tackled on the far side of the field. Boy, he is hammered by Nigel. Nigel Bradham. And he does, listen, he sees where the football is going. He makes a beeline to McCaffrey, and McCaffrey is hit hard. That's, they may have to check him for a concussion because Nigel Bradham just runs through him. He was amazing. You know, Carson was masterful, and Doug's play-calling expertise was on full display for America to witness. I know there were more exciting moments and more significant games, but that's what stands out to me because it kind of made everybody believe in just how good this team was and could be, and look where we're at now. Thanks, as always, for taking my call. God bless. There he is, Stephen Lee, one of our uh, BGN Radio Patreon subscribers. You can become one of those uh, www.patreon.com slash BGN radio. And that Panthers game really, I think we all just said like, well, how for real are they? And not only in the sense that like, I think they can go beat this Panthers team. There is a lot of what's going on right now. It's just like, ah, oh, the Eagles really haven't beaten anybody. We really don't know what Carson Wentz is. Plus that was the, I think that was the first time that Vitae was going in uh, that game. And he struggled a little bit, a little bit early. Uh, maybe I have that wrong. Oh, but... that might have been the one where you're right, because but it wasn't. Peters didn't get hurt for the season until the Washington game, but he, but he missed out. that. You're correct. Right. So yes, my guy was in there. He struggled for like maybe a quarter, and then all of a sudden, yeah. And the refs, man, oh man, oh man, where they just giving the Panthers uh, a hundred one yards to one or something, hundred and four <laughs> yards to one in yeah. terms of penalty yards, and like ten penalty calls to one uh, or something like that. But yeah, uh, uh, Trey, when, when do when do you know? Uh, when you're in the locker room, something is happening. Is can you go and see that early 
like, hey, this team's five and one. They just went on the road and beat the Panthers team on a on a short week. Um, that seems like a good turning point, at least for when we're looking at this thing. But how? When does the locker room know? Is it early or is it late? Uh, what that that they have something special yes. within their locker room? Yeah. I think. Uh, I think they go into the season knowing what they have going on with their team, you know, and uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of kind of what Doug was saying, even at the beginning of the season when he was saying that, you know what, this team has as much talent as uh, even more talent the than the Packers yeah. back when he played. So I think when guys are in, in that locker room and you see the talent that you have with yourselves and then you start putting together wins, then you can see that, you know what, you have something special if we just can continue to stay focused. And the more and more you kind of peel all the layers back from this season, this is something that I, I, I don't think I've ever heard before Trey and I don't want to play this for you because I think there's a, a, a difference in just how you create Nick Foles to where he is right now and I think they've been doing this the entire season Ed Warner was able to sit down on one of the Westwood one specials with Scott Graham who does a fantastic job and just went through the philosophy of quarterback coach uh, John Filippo and the system that he implemented yeah, talk to uh, their quarterbacks coach, John Filippo, who has already interviewed for for three different head coaching jobs, and, and he has a real presence about him, and he's really well-spoken. He's an impressive guy, and he is going to be a head coach in the very near future in the NFL. Uh, one of the interesting things he said to me was, we have put such an emphasis as an organization on our quarterbacks projecting positive body language on the field that we are always telling them that they're being looked at by the coaches, by their teammates, by ownership, and we've implemented a fine system for bad body language. Wow. Now, I asked him how much that was, and he said it's $20 per offense, but there's a sliding scale depending on how many times uh, they've uh, violated the policy. So I guess the point is, if everything falls apart on uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, Nick Foles should not be exhibiting any kind of negative body language. Now, I thought that was different, very different, to be like, if you hang your head once, you're throwing $20 in the fishbowl and continuing on and continuing on. How much does that really help someone's confidence if you're telling them never to feel down. Yeah, I think that 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 should help. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, twenty dollars though. I mean, for for yeah, the, like, for yeah, the whatever, quarterback yeah, position. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can be be a backup quarterback and make maybe, a couple yeah. mil. You yeah. know, but um, I think that um, uh, you know, I, I think that helps to kind of make sure that you always have that positive energy going. And uh, because as a quarterback, you're the one that everybody's. And when we're in the huddle, you, you we need to see that positive energy in your eyes and your demeanor. So I can see how that would definitely help especially when it comes to you're the one that's trying to captain the guys out there on the field. Yeah, I think that's the key to it is the fact that it's not even just as much for the quarterback themselves, but for the rest of the team looking at the guy who's supposed to lead them into battle. You know, if you're showing bad body language, that can kind of get other guys down and and hurt the team. Mm -hmm. In addition, just the concept that this coaching staff is thinking about that type of That little a thing, or seemingly little a thing. I saw another thing. Tim McManus had a really good article, uh, I think a couple days ago, about how Peterson and the staff have been scouting Gene Sterator and scouting his crew. Even though it's a different crew, they're scouting the way he has tendencies, especially with focusing on pass interference and defensive holding. It's those types of extra levels of detail and of taking every little thing that you can do to try and gain an advantage that I think has made this coaching staff so impressive. And, and you're going to need to do it against one of the best who's ever Th- done it, too. That's what he does. So that's what that's, you have to that's do. That's the Belichick thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's uh, 888-729-9494. Let's kick things off with Harry in Concha. What's up, Harry? 
and uh, I'm out here in Eden Prairie heading over to the mall today. Oh, nice. It's, it's cold out here, Trey, but you got to have your Canadian parker on with a little bit underneath, too, and it's perfect. I know. Is it snowing out there yet? Because it was supposed to snow today. Yeah, it's, it's uh, flurrying where I am. But, hey, listen, i got a question for Trey. Um, I hear a lot of talk about the Eagles' defense going to be a big key in this game. But, Trey, who was the guy that intercepted the ball to win against the uh, Seahawks for the Patriots? you know who his name was? Who was Malcolm Talking Butler? Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. Okay, so how many fans do you think know the guy who did that? What I'm, again, my point is that the Patriots are going to find a guy that's going to step up. That He doesn't even play for the Patriots anymore. And, and there's something that the Belichick's going to do on the defensive side that's going to win this game. Because I, I, that's the way it is. This is Philadelphia. We don't win Super Bowls. Oh, Harry, tale. come on. Stop tale. being I'm such a downer. I mean, the fairy tale is like, it's, it's, it doesn't happen. It's too much. Because here. Harry, that's but, but Harry, that's, that's, that's the Harry. point. Harry, Harry, hold on. It this doesn't is, happen right. until it doesn't. This, Harry, team, this I'm isn't a fairy it. tale. This is this is it nothing is. to do with a fairy it tale. Fairy tale. Come How on, is it a fairy it's, tale? It's, it's, they've, they've, if we're against somebody else, I'm on board. Hey, Harry, Harry, would you have said, oh, the Boston Red Sox never beat the Yankees. That never happens. And then it happened, Harry. Harry, hey, put him down, Jack. Pop him down here for a second. I'm just going to get rid of it. That's fine, too. But like, who knew who Malcolm Butler was? And no one. And now everybody knows about him. They still don't know who Patrick Chung is. And guess what? He still sucks. Yeah. Like there are places in this team where you look, and that's the thing. It's the guy. It's the. I was about to let it loose there, and I apologize. But the. Uh, it's the mystique. Everybody's concerned about the mystique. Oh, it's this. It's that. It's like they will always find a way. They'll always find a way. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they lose to I don't know the Giants twice. Yeah. Sometimes they're they're too close, and they like. In a historic fashion, if Seattle runs the ball there like everybody says, maybe they're not champions again. But that's not because of what they did. That's something stupid that Pete Carroll decided to do. The same thing with the Atlanta Falcons. They were up 28-3. to They panicked. Kyle Shanahan said so. And that's it. That's what happened. Well, and and forgetting even the Patriots part of it, you know, Harry saying, "Oh, that it's Philadelphia." That's what happens. That's what Cubs fans said. That's what Red Sox fans said. <laughs> All that stuff. Look, it sure that's the way it's been for us until it isn't. You, also, like, did he say he was on, in man. Minnesota? Yeah. Why? Why did go you go to there? Minnesota if you believe that they're going to lose? You, know, you want to go watch them lose in the Super Bowl? That sounds it's awesome. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's a terrible call. Let's here. go to Q. What's up, Q? Hey, much. How you guys doing today? Good, man. It's it's a. It, it, the, the thing is Doug, man. I mean, Trey, you touched on it earlier. We laughed at Doug when he said that this team, I mean, it was like a punchline for about two, three weeks. We all laughed at him. Better than the Green Bay. What are you talking about? And Doug's seen it. Doug is the difference. We, Carson Wentz is a great player. But if, we, if there's one guy I have to say, uh, uh, other than Howie maybe, bigger than Howie because he's close to the team, he, he's a little closer, is Doug. And in if, if, this week, they showed the two bills. And, and, and just to see where Bill Belichick is today and see how unassuming he was at the beginning. Oh, the yeah. same way Doug was. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like, all of us really need to check ourselves because we all wanted Adam Gates, the other guy, Hugh Jackson. We all did Hugh not Canoe. want yeah. Doug. Let's be honest. It was it was and, just and, Hugh Jackson Day, January 31st, 131, baby. <laughs> hey, there you go. No, Q, Q you're absolutely right. And. The, the process of hiring him, I think we we're all pretty much against in this city. And then as the season went on in 2016, I certainly saw, okay, I think this can actually work despite a lot of the, a lot of the different criticisms that he was gaining. And then, like you said, how he was probably the next most important thing, especially this year. He found the quarterback that year, and then him and Joe Douglas together put together a phenomenal roster. That's why they're here. <sighs> 
I, I believe that your boy Doug, the thing that makes Doug really great, I think he don't take himself personal. I don't feel mm-hmm. like like he don't. He doesn't care what anyone thinks about it. Uh, we lost Keith. Oh, there. sorry, Q. But I think he's right there. I think the fact that, like, we talked about it with the dad jeans and with the I love ice cream. Doug doesn't care at all what any other person on the planet thinks of him. He's going to be Doug Peterson, and I think that's huge for the team. You always hear guys talk about the whole, like, our coach is always the same guy no matter what the situation is. I think Doug's actually that guy, and it feels like that matters, Trey. I, yes, it does. I think Doug Doug has done a really good job of just rallying these guys and and getting and keeping everybody focused, and and also just laying down the picture of what we want to do and where we're trying to go. And then he's making sure that he does whatever it has to do to make sure you keep everybody focused, keep everybody energized, and let's go get, let's go attain our goals. And he keeps and he just keeps reminding them of what we have in store, what can we do. And and, and no matter what, all the players that that go down if the second guy comes up, if you're reaching into your bench and you're bringing guys out, I think Doug just can really he speaks to every player on that team because he played he he's walked in these locker rooms. He understands how they feel, the energy that's going around it, and so he can pull and tap into all of that, and and, and that's why you see this team where they are right yeah, absolutely. now. Absolutely. Speaking of tapping in, uh, Ian Rappaport just uh, mentioning this right now. What is going on? They all are getting the Philly flu here. He just mentions the Eagles medical staff has done a phenomenal job. I didn't even know that Nelson Aguilar was having flu-like Symptoms. Apparently, he was flugate. Flugate. It's it's happening. But uh, Aguilar was receiving IVs all week. He was sick and weak, and now I'm told he's feeling better than ever and should be fine for the game. So better than ever is good. I'll take better. Uh, better I just want to get Mike in here real quick. Mike, what's up, buddy? Hey guys, good show. Uh, Just uh, just listening. Had no intention of calling until the knucklehead who just called (laughs) in walking around the hall. And you know what? That's the beauty of this. That's because that's the rest of the world that feels that way. Even even some knucklehead Philly fans, but so we don't need him. But here's the thing. I've been confident, and I'm not saying I knew Nick Foles was going to do it and all that. I'm an Eagles, avid Eagles fan. Every Sunday I have knots in my stomach watching week in, week out, week in, week out. I've been confident since the beginning of this playoffs after we won um, uh, the first playoff round in, uh, against uh, the Falcons. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, the Falcons, yes. I was confident all the way through because the whole underdog thing, the way I, I was a doubter for Peterson. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm, I already called in and did my mea culpa because <laughs> uh, especially week four or whatever it was, when he went for it at fourth and, and nine at the 48, yeah, I'm like, he's got to be fired. <laughs> he is a genius. He's doing everything right. He is listening to his staff, unlike a very successful coach we've had here for a lot of years. And Mike, I, I couldn't people. agree couldn't agree more. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that most of the people thought he was an idiot. And Nick in Collegeville on Twitter.com has actually mentioned us too. He goes, he's actually a, a Steelers fan and he's a fake crumb bum. So that's a snuck one in there and he's in Minneapolis anyway. Uh, we will break it all down on the other side, including getting to all your phone calls. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas in with us. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
Hey guys, this is uh, James, formerly in New Mexico, now in Florida, calling in, talking about, you know, favorite memories of this season. Honestly, I know it might sound cheesy, that we were right before Christmas probably was one of my favorite parts about the whole season, just because it kind of encapsulated everything that we were doing, you know, for the season and everything that we had watched and truly seeing how special this team was and everything that we had. But I mean, I guess if I had to pick a play or a, a game or something like like that, I'd probably go with, I guess, what was truly Wentz's coming out party against Washington at home. Blitz 7 out of 10 against the Blitz. Lined up as if they're coming after him, and they do. And he's in trouble. Wentz will be escaping from the 18-yard line. How in the world did that happen? First down out to the 44-yard line. That was just a truly phenomenal, you know, performance that we saw and just really showed the you know the country of what he can do and what this team had so uh love what you guys are doing keep it up man go birds there he is james westfall uh what another uh one of our uh, patreon subscribers patreon.com slash bgn radio that one james tillett oh maybe. tillett maybe yeah. i apologize two james two james i always i always forget which one but uh both of them are great and i like that he mentioned that we were right before Christmas, which is this large, very petty Christmas party that we put together just to say, hey, guess what, Draft Twitter? We were right. And it was because of that game that we started those motions in place yep. because we definitely called a lot of people out. And that's why, that's why this season has been so much fun. Let's go to uh, Sharon in Saratoga. Sharon, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. Good. I've got two things for you, and um, I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Um, first off, I've... Uh, I like kind of think about my father a lot as this game gets going. And um, we always would listen to the games in the car. Hmm. And I love listening to football and baseball on the radio. Yes. I just I'd be in my car, driving around, listening to the games. I just love doing that. And the other thing I have is I, my brother met a girl in Iowa, and when he moved back home, he said, if you ever come out here, you always have a place to stay. And he, and he didn't really mean it, but anyway, <laughs> Julie came out here for like 20 years in a row in September and stayed for a few weeks. So little by little, and it didn't take long, I made her into an Eagles fan. From and Iowa, you're saying, right? She is a crazy From? person. She has like all this memorabilia, the bobblehead dolls and scarves and hats and gloves and every, everything. And, and she's an in-your-face fan, too, like nice. we are. <laughs> and she is a bartender out there for weddings and stuff. So they had a wedding out there, and all the groomsmen and stuff were at the bar. She said, you guys are from around the Philadelphia area, aren't you? They're like, how do you know that? She said, I can tell by your accent. My friend's out there. And so they were talking, and she said, so you guys are Eagles fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're all, like, excited. Me too. No, you're not. So anyway, <laughs> the long and short of it is she ended up leading all of these guys to an Eagle fight song oh, that's at awesome. a wedding in Iowa. How about that? Where, do you know, Sharon, by any random chance, do you know where in Iowa? Uh, Dubuque. <laughs> That's uh, I was born there, so that's there. <laughs> there. So I was also too an Iowan that came out here in grade school, moved to Philadelphia, and and uh, got right into it. That's a that's a great call. See, we're everywhere, man. Let's How uh, about we, that, can, we can become all that stuff. Let's go to uh, Darren in South Philly. What's up, Darren? What's up? What's up? What's up, Salsa? Yo, D. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm mad at you and your midday show. I could not get through for nothing. <laughs> I felt the type of way. I am but sorry. Anyway, we'll I, always I get you through my... on here, D. I call this my favorite pod podcast. You guys are awesome. I actually got my dad, who is anti everything podcast, 
he just became a subscriber to your oh, podcast. Oh, man. So, Thank you awesome. so much for that, Darren. I really appreciate I, that, man. I, I almost fainted when he said that. I was like, <laughs> we win the Super Bowl now. Yeah. But anyway, I swear, if I hear one more ESPN announcer, one more person talk about this great Brady and that idiot that called in talk about this is Philly, we don't win. Um, Like you guys said, uh, I quite remember we couldn't win a World Series either. We mm-hmm. hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying this. I can't wait for tomorrow. Because I'll be running down Broad Street in my birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. like when we win, I don't care. I'm climbing the grease poles. I don't care. I'm acting a fool because uh, my grandfather's no longer with us. Unfortunately, he died when I was 12. He was a bigger Eagles fan than me and my dad combined. And I'm quite sure this just means this would mean everything to our family because it's not every, like I said, we haven't won once in 60. So, yeah, and that, I mean, let's, party, that's, let's, let's party like it's 1960. Yes, let's, exactly. Let's, 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 let's get, what has it been, like 50-some plus years? Let's get 50 years worth of partying in. Yeah. Let's do all right. 50, uh, 50, I mean, like, depending on the season, 57, 58, however you want to look yeah. at it. Uh, well, I, it don't matter. We got a lot of partying, a lot of champagne. <laughs> yes, <party>. right. <laughs> we got some party to make up for, Thanks Dave. for the call, Derek. Appreciate it. He, he, like, look, my, my father passed away 14 years ago. He's the reason I'm an Eagles fan. I think there's a lot of stories like that. I mean, it has been so long since the Eagles have actually stood atop the NFL and been able to, to be the champions of the league. Uh, you know, I know Glenn just did that whole show of, of who would you be yeah. happy for? Whatever. I think there's Phenomenal show. I, I think there's going to be a lot of that. I think this is, that's the beautiful thing about this is this is families. This is, you know, tradition. This is, you know, every Sunday for years and years and years and years, you're with the same people, you're with your family, you're watching these games. I, that's the most beautiful thing about this is how special it is, not just for this team, but for this fan base and for this area. And uh, like I said, <clears throat> this is the craziest I've seen it. Like, oh, one was amazing with all the flags and stuff. I just drove by the art museum. I had to swing by my buddy's place on the way here. And it's to go Eagles in between the pillars of the yeah. art museum. It's like everywhere you go. I was walking right by my house yesterday in South Philly. And I saw a guy in Eagles gear and I go, go birds. And, and we ended up talking for 10 minutes about how excited we are about the game. Just some guy walking down the street. It's that kind of passion and excitement it here. It's a beautiful thing. And there's a there's so many, just like you were saying, James, there's so many great stories in the fact that you had, um, you know, Brian Dawkins with potential to go into the Hall of Fame right before the Super Bowl on top of, like, I just remember him telling stories, and I think we even did a show on it of just, like, there are so many people that get buried yes, in a Brian Dawkins did a show jersey. On it. Mm-hmm. And the, the emotional connection that there is there between that and, you just start to think back of, of all of that things for everyone that's played for this organization, for everyone that's stuck with this organization for how many long during the ups and downs through, you know, b- before Vermeil, with Vermeil, the time in between to get to Buddy, you know, to, to Kotai, to Ray, to all, all of it just in there. And now you're at this great spot again where I don't, I don't think everybody has felt this way. Even when Trey was playing, mm-hmm. there was an expectation uh, maybe even wrongfully or rightfully so, however you want to look at it, but this just feels like a natural progression, and this is supposed to happen. More of your phone calls. Brandon Lee Gowton coming up in a little bit. Trey Thomas is with us. James Seltzer, John Barchard, BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We got a little video right here, and then uh, I'm going to treat you to some hog. Hopefully, you guys know that last week, Monday night or Sunday night. Who knew that? That's bull. WIPFM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Stars up over the ball. This will be it. 
Stars back to throw. He takes time. He throws over the middle. It's caught at the 15, running hard to the seven-yard line, and down on the seven is Jim Taylor. The game's over. The game's over. The Eagles are the champions of the world. Listen. BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Why can't the Roots do the halftime show again? No, man. Let's go. Uh, I mean, no no offense to uh, JT or anything, but I mean, come on. 888- I mean, the Eagles are have done pretty well when the Roots do the halftime show, history says. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas is with us. James Seltzer. I am John Barchard. And uh, Brandon Lee Gautner will join us in, in just a little bit here. But that's basically... What's at stake in 1960, you know? You, oh, and I, I don't know if there is a, should, we, we've had this discussion a lot. And it, I started thinking about it, even the Weasel Patriots fan kind of snuck into this thing. The one thing I guess I've been impressed by is that everyone is leaning into this thing. There isn't like, well, I'll wait and see here. I mean, let's, let's just take it easy, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody has that same feel of just like what you were saying. The the Red Sox fans maybe after the, the divisional series and got in the World Series. Like, I agree. This is happening now. Yeah. Throughout the entire Cub season, you just felt it. You're yep. like, this is actually when it's going to happen in all the other times. I have the same feeling, and it's awesome and scary at the same time. I feel like I can't, I like I'm almost nervous at how confident I feel. It feels crazy to me, like how how good I feel about such a big Eagles game. I feel, and I felt the same way against Minnesota and I felt the same way against Atlanta. It's just that kind of thing where this feels different this year. And I know that that's again, getting into the kind of ineffable stuff that we don't like to get into, but I'm with you, John. There's something that feels different about this team, feels different about this matchup, feels different about these two weeks. I even said it to Trey last week and I I prefaced it by saying, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to say, but I didn't think they were going to win going in an 0-4. I didn't have that same feeling. I thought they had a chance, but I thought that Patriots team was too good. This year, it's the exact opposite for me. It's It almost doesn't even matter who they're playing. I just believe in this team. Trey, I know it's a bigger question to answer, but what what went wrong against the last, last time in in uh, when you guys played the Patriots? Uh, you know, I just think that we just didn't make enough plays. You know, just to make it simple, you know, we 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 weren't good enough. We didn't make enough plays. Um, you know, I personally don't remember play for play all the things that have gone on. Um, you know, we're just talking with different fans and just hearing different people talk about the game. Um, one of the things they were talking about was clock management towards the end of the game. I don't remember how it was at the time, just because as a player, I was just being. Whatever you call, all right, I'm going out there to go and just try to execute it as as best as possible. So um, I just think that when you really think about it, that we just did not make enough plays to to pull it off. And, you know, and and it's unfortunate because, I mean, you know, you always think like, oh, yeah, we'll just be right back next year. Mm. And that's that was it. You know, that was it for us. Yeah, it's a, it's that's the scariest part. Right? Cause, like, wow, because we've all said that. It's just yes. like, oh, well, it'll be fine. And once he'll come back it's and they'll develop. Good. Like, yeah. yeah. You don't know. You, you don't, never really no. know. No guarantees right. in that. Uh, Think about this. I mean, I'm 36. You're around the same age as me, John. Two times in our life have we been able to wake up on an Eagles Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to get a third. I mean, this excuse me. This is going to be the second time in our lives. We've only been able yeah. to do it once. Like, that's crazy to think about. And to the rest of the folks that you know, are even older than us, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, oh, yeah, oh, you get two in 13 years. I had to wait freaking, you know, however long just to get to 1980. Exactly. Like, gotta, come on. Uh, well, joining us right now as we turn our heads to Minnesota just for a quick moment, we'll get to the rest of your phone calls uh, after we talk to him from uh, the man who is 
usually here that is covering for SB Nation, of course, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. The one and the only Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton joins us. What's up, BLG? Yo, BLG. All right. I guess we'll have to sit and wait. Maybe the maybe that- see. Maybe it's not just uh, not just uh, Nelson Aguilar and the rest of people. Then people snagging uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, all the all the information off a of trace phone. Maybe I don't, I don't maybe know. they have infiltrated BLG. And I thought me- that was a great spot by BLG. I thought he did a great <laughs> job. There. That was that was his best one. So uh, in the meantime, let's go to Quinn in Reading. What's up, Quinn? Hey guys, how you doing? It's an honor to take BLG's place. By the way. Oh yeah, Quinn. We'd rather have you anyway. Don't tell <laughs> him I said that. <laughs> Oh, trust me, I'd love to. Don't don't tempt me, boys. But uh, yeah, I, I think you guys kind of nailed it at the at the open there. I'm nervous too because I feel so good. It shouldn't. I shouldn't be as confident in the team or in Doug. But I just feel like he's the perfect guy to not care about the mystique of Brady and Belichick. He just wants to go win and then go eat ice cream. <laughs> More specifically, Hagen Dazs and a better be vanilla because I'm right there with him. Yes. And it's it just makes me feel so confident. Like, we were not supposed to do what we did to the Vikings. We walked in there and lit them up. And this defense isn't as good. So why can't we do the same thing? I agree. No, that's – and uh, first of all, uh, on the ice cream notion, uh, we said this on the podcast, but, Trey, don't you think it would kind of be cool if instead of Gatorade, there's just, you know – uh, a whole tub full of ice cream that you can dump on the on the on the head coach be be a little different. But does ice cream really flow out like that? Would it? I mean, you got to get it like so semi melted, sit on the sidelines <laughs> for a while, melt up a bit. Yeah, you're dumping it with like nice little vanilla ice cream, just falling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then right at the end, Kamal uh, Grugier Hill, because he started this thing, just puts a giant cherry on top cherry, of it. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I am I'm down for all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Just a bunch of dump, dump a big gallon of soft serve on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. sprinkles now, at yeah. him, just like confetti, just tossing the sprinkles on him. Uh, Alex Smith. If you're listening, you work for the Eagles. I'm just saying you might want to make that happen. Yeah, Quinn. It's uh, and the funny thing is, it's it does make you feel a little nervous because you're so confident, which is always kind of like a silly thing to say, but not enough to deter me from like, yeah, I just I uh, I think there is just a lot of different advantages uh, offensively uh, versus this Pat's defense that that gives that over the top. I'm not, you know. I'm not really worried about what the Patriots are going to be able to do. We know they're going to be able to move the ball. We know Belichick's probably going to go tempo, uh, and that's why I feel so good here, Trey. We appreciate the call, Quinn. I think also, too, and everybody says, why, why, why are we so confident in this? And I think like I think Doug is really approaching this, and, and I keep going back to this, because he played this game. And as a player, and when you played this game, and when you stepped out on the field, I didn't see anybody. And I don't care who they were. If the bigger the name, the better it was. The the more the challenge that I took as an opportunity for me to go out there and enforce my will on that player. So I think that Doug, when he's when he's stepping out on the field and he's coaching, he has that same type of mindset that he that he had as a player. That you know you don't see anybody. You're like, all right, you know what? I'm coming out here to play and I'm coming to win, and that's what that's my only mindset. And there's no fear. This isn't someone that just learned how to be a coach or anything. You know, he played the game and he came up in the, in the, in the right way and Coach Reed showed him the way and, you know, and now he's in this position. But I think that that whole player mentality, that that that, that fire that burned in him as a player, is still burning right now as a coach as well. Yeah, and, and just with him specifically, but also just you, you see that in – in uh, Frank Reich, you see that in DiFilippo. And, uh, and we don't talk enough about the defensive side of the ball because yeah. I, I think we know that Jim Schwartz is great, and unfortunately because he's been a great D.C., 
uh, pretty much wherever he's gone. He's just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But this is, I mean, look at what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it's, it really is like the coaching staff together doing a lot of that. Let's see if the Gremlins finally gave him his phone back. Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden joins us. What's up, BLG? John, James, Trey, yeah. how's it going? Hey! All right. What, uh, what is the mood like in uh, Minneapolis right now? Oh, you know, pretty boring. Nothing going on here. <laughs> That's what Trey said, Hanging too. out at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for real, though, I mean, you, you can see Eagles fans are starting to really invade this city. They're at the mall. I went out for lunch to get a burger in the in the town. There are a ton of Eagles fans, like, lining up outside the building just to get in. I mean, the atmosphere here is starting to get very Eagles-centric, which is a great sign for the team. Mm-hmm. Hoping to have that home field advantage as much as you can on the road, as Jim Schwartz said, he expects it to be. And so far, so good with the Eagles fans showing up. Uh, was it a Juicy Lucy that you went and got, Ooh, by the way? yummy. It was. It was that. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you I did also, it right. You did I it got right. the, uh, the double cheeseburger as well. Just standard double cheeseburger. It's actually pretty good as well. In addition to the, you don't mess around, BJ. Yeah. Like he is, uh, if if you could pick a blogger as Andre the Giant, it would be <laughs> Brandon got the way he eats and consumes things. Uh, and Brandon, I guess we're we're just kind of in 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 belief mode here, and we we see obviously on the X's and O's part where there are advantages, there are disadvantages, uh, but it's just uh, it's rather crazy that we're all in lockstep here, moving towards the Super Bowl. We all believe that they're just going to go in and do it. But uh, to you, what is the biggest advantage in this football game for the Eagles? Well, I think when we're talking about confidence here, and you know, Quinn was just talking about that, and you guys have been talking about how you just feel like this team was going to win. You know, I wrote an article about that on Monday. I, I, we had talked about that on the podcast on Sunday night. And I don't think that's just based on a feeling alone. I mean, that's based on evidence. That's based on things we've seen about this team. It's based on the fact that this offensive line and this defensive line is so good, and that's what wins you games. It's why the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Same thing with Doug Peterson, him being a great coach, which, you know, we didn't expect, but he's he's been great. He's been fantastic. You look at a player like Nick Foles, who you might have a concern that the bad version of him showed up. And obviously, you know, I'm going to highlight that. But look, I mean, that happened. We saw it at the end of the regular season. So that kind of worries you. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm out here in Minnesota. I'm seeing Nick Foles. He seems to be carrying himself with that confidence that he sometimes loses, which kind of leads to those struggles. So that's good. You're hearing the practice reports about him looking sharp in practice. That's a good sign. You have faith that Doug Peterson is going to put Nick Foles in the positions to succeed and the rest of his players as well. So I think there, it's not just a feeling. You know, it's, it's things that that feeling is based on and why Eagles fans should feel good going into this game. BLG, great, great point. We're talking to Brandon Lee Gowton uh, at energybleedinggrenades.com out in Minnesota at the Super Bowl. Uh, BLG, you kind of just were hinting on it, but from here, everything we've seen, everything we've felt about these Eagles players, this team, Doug, is that they're handling this situation the right way. They're loose. They feel confident. On the scene, talking to those guys, seeing those guys around, is that the right interpretation? I think so, absolutely. You know, talking with these guys multiple times this week, the moment has never looked too big for, for them. No one seemed overwhelmed or, or even distracted. They were all pretty locked in. I mean, they, they might be having some fun, like you see Fletcher Cox with the, the wrestling mask on or, you know, things like that. But I think that's, you know, such a small part of, of uh, you know, the week that where they're kind of just having a little bit of fun and then they're getting serious at practice. And I think it's good to keep it loose because that's what, it, again, that's something – that got this team here. The attitude has been loose all year long. It, the, the players have 
specifically noted that, you know, Doug keeps it loose, but he knows when they crack the whip. Like he knows when to uh, really get things in gear and be hard on us as well. So all the players have been talking about that. I think the, the one of the most impressive things about Doug Peterson this season is finding that balance, the way he's been able to, okay, you know, I'm going to be this really player-friendly coach, but at the same time, I'm going to instill discipline in this team so things aren't running amok and everyone's having too much fun. So I think that's been incredible uh, work by Doug Peterson as well. Yeah, it's it's been a, a fantastic run, and BLG, keep up the good work out there. Did you also did you hear what uh, Fletcher Cox's uh, wrestling name is? I did not. Uh, it is El Señor Mr. Steal Your Wife. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool oh, that, it, that it came out with that. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, the uh, BLG, final score, what are you feeling, pal? Man, it's going to be a tough one. I, I think, uh, I, I know, John, you're thinking it's not as close. I'm thinking it's a little bit closer. I'm thinking 27-23. I mean, that's a boring score because I think like, literally everyone has said that by this point. <laughs> But I don't know. I, it's Again, it's not about the Patriots because it is about this team and what they've been able to do, and I, and I have that confidence in them for those reasons I just talked about. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and they're not going to go down easily, at least I think so. But I do think the Eagles win, and that's going to be awesome. Uh, I will look forward to uh, you also running down Broad Street and maybe even the parade, which maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is. But stay safe out there, buddy. We'll see you when you get home. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is. Brandon Lee Gatton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, we'll keep the phone lines running because Mike has been waiting for a while. Mike, what's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good, Doing great, man. What's on your mind today? Hey, I got a question for Trey. Um, what do you think the role is going to be for uh, LeGarrette Blunt and uh, Chris Long in preparation for the defense and offensive scheme for this game? And does, that, does New England have to prepare for that? Um, I think that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to give some tips and, and, and things that they've experienced while they were on the team to kind of, you know, to give that to Doug. And now they're trying to talk about the, the schemes or whatever that New England kind of works. Um, but I think Bill Belichick knows that and he's going to change some calls and change a couple right. things to kind of, you know, throw everything off now. When it comes to playing in the game, I think Blunt is going to be that guy. I think, we, you know, he's going to be that, you know, continue to get the heavy yards for us. And, you know, Chris Long, I think he understands the players that he's going up against. He's probably understands a couple keys that he can kind of attack um, and just continue to be that, that that extra sneaky pass rusher that, that he is out there on that play, man. I, I really see Chris Long having a really big game out there um, tomorrow. Uh, that's what's up, because I, I know – at the last play, the Atlanta Falcons game, they said the defense knew what play was going to come at that last play. So hopefully, you know, that that the situation rises, you know. Oh, yeah, Mike, that's just that's a lot of tape study, too. Yeah. You know, that's a ton of just like knowing, knowing where it's going and yeah. uh, and a little Sarkeesian, like being, yeah. being dumb at the same time. But there's, there's only so many options you can do when they do that. And they recognize. That. Yeah. Rodney McLeod came on the midday show and was like said, oh, they're they're splitting them out. They're like, they're not really going to cut off half the field here, are they? And then they're like, oh, my God, they're they going to cut, cut off, off half, half the, field. the field here. So they, yeah, they knew it was coming. You're right, John. And that's what going back to the, the that's why you're playing Belichick. We talked about that Malcolm Butler play mm-hmm. earlier in this show. Situational, situational football, exactly. which is like you know that's the other annoying thing to me, Trey. Like, oh well, you know the Patriots just they practice situational football all the time. Who doesn't at this point? Well, he was kind of like the he father the of first. it. Though. The yeah, yeah, he was the, the guy who started. Yeah. You know, and then he probably even now you hear like Doug is um you know simulating halftime. 
You know, just, uh, okay, you know what, let's wait, because halftime show is going to be, what, 30 minutes or something That's like that? That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. How important is that stuff? Like, I, the, having guys who've been through that before, the, the difference of that game and the timing and not getting too fired up early, because it's like two different games almost, how does that play into that, too? I, I think that plays a, a, a big role, because... You know, when you when you come in at halftime, it's usually, all right, let me go run, use the bathroom, and then the coaches are talking a little bit, and then we're right back out, you know, so that energy is not, you know, you don't have that heavy lag where now now when you're in the Super Bowl, halftime is going to be, what, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah. So now it's like you kind of come down. It's almost you want to take your shoes off and lie down, but you can't do that. You have to kind of, you know, get your mind right so that you can get back amped up to get ready back out there to go play the second half. And without, I mean, I guess stating the obvious, it really does feel like two different football games at that point because of the break. Though, yeah, right? because yeah. of the break, because it's so long, and it's like, all right, well, what do we do? You know, because, I mean, how much – you don't want the coaches to give you too much information because you, you, you want to kind of stay in the same rhythm that you're used to when it comes to halftime. But I think that, uh, you know, simulating that was extremely smart on Doug's behalf, mm-hmm. you know. Even when you guys – I want to go back to something where you guys were talking about he was scouting the referees. Yeah. And just checking it out because now you look at New England – and they're probably like one of the least, least penalized teams ever. I mean, last week they only had one penalty. Mm-hmm. And then you go back in all their past games, they only had maybe four penalties. And that's huge when you're coming into these games. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to definitely have to capitalize on because they don't give away yards for mistakes. You know, I've never seen a, a, a team only have one penalty in a game. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's something that we're really going to have to work on. Last week we only had gave up four penalties. Week before, four penalties. So that's – that's a recipe that we need to continue to, to work on. Yeah, and, and uh, kind of like, you know, everybody points to the turnovers. Uh, you got to be in the plus column, but it got to be in the plus column. But that is certainly one of those things where if you're looking at Gene and what he does with his crew, and they're like, where does he throw the flags? Where do the Patriots get the flags thrown on yeah. the most? Yeah. Let's work a game plan so you can maybe awesome, start yeah. to do uh, a lot of that stuff. Let's go to uh, Kurt real quick. What's up, Kurt? Hey, not much. Enjoying listening to you guys. I'm actually on my way back from Minnesota. Uh, driving back? A, yeah, I'm driving back. Uh, you know, I get a good feel about this game. And, uh, you know, I think the Atlanta game was the really tough game for us. I think the Minnesota game was kind of a walkthrough, you know, as to what we should be able to do to the Patriots. I think our offensive line is probably stronger than theirs. Our defensive line should be able to control Brady, uh, his ability to scramble and make him get rid of the ball quicker than he wants to. So I get a good feel about this, and when I was listening to an interview with Terry Bradshaw yesterday, one of our uh, talk show hosts was saying, if we win, we win, and Bradshaw goes, now there's the thing. He goes, that's that Philly thing coming out. That was with uh, with Trey. That was on uh, the Marks and Reese show yesterday. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I feel real good about our chances, and the funny thing was out in Minnesota, with all those Vikings fans around watching everybody on Radio Row there, I think it was a great family atmosphere. The, the mall was exceptional. It's not the mall in the traditional sense that we think of it. It was a, a real enjoyable experience, although uh, I didn't see much else in Minnesota other than the mall, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt, you didn't miss much. I'll just, I'll just tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, so. <laughs> There's absolutely – because what else do you go to Minnesota to do? It Paisley, not, Park, not uh, Paisley Park, a Twins game. I yeah. mean, like, there's nothing, man. I hear Duluth ice is fishing, nice maybe, this time you know, <laughs> But there's not really, you know. But ice anyway. fishing. You go to go ice fishing. Yeah, you That's go to what go, you go to yeah, you, you go fly out there to go ice St. fishing. Yeah. St. Paul's a little cooler than Minneapolis is, too, right. because there's, you know, there's colleges. There's things around there, too. But, yeah, it's exceptionally boring in Minnesota. What is not boring, breaking down this football game, we're going to keep taking your phone calls 
one more Super Bowl memory or season memory before we're done. Trey Thomas in with us. John Barcher, James Seltzer. This is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey guys, this is James Westfall out of Columbus, Ohio. I've got to say, my favorite memory from this season was getting to sit and watch the Broncos play the Birds with the man solely responsible for me becoming a diseased Eagles fan, my Uncle Doug. It was the first time in a lot of years that our schedules were able to line up and we got to enjoy a game together. Not only did we get to enjoy the game together, but I got to sit there on the couch with my three-month-old daughter and my five-year-old son, Colton, just hanging out and enjoying the time that I have with them as they fell asleep towards the end of the third quarter. But now I get to look forward to getting together with my Uncle Doug, my Uncle Andy, my cousin Danny, my wife Susie, and our kids to watch the Birds win the Super Bowl and celebrate at a parade down Broad Street. Lentz comes back to Ajay again. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. At the 20. At the 15. 10-5. He dives. And he is in for the touchdown. His first touchdown as an eagle. A 46-yard explosion by Jay Ajayi. Thanks for all you guys do. The content keeps getting better. And fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Jay Ajayi's first touchdown as an Eagle was... uh, Denver was probably the most fun I've had during a game. Just an absolute (laughs) butt kicking (laughs) through that entire time. Also of note, James just said in there, he has an uncle named Andy and Doug. I mean, come on. Yep. Come on, That's man. That's pretty great right there. Be, uh, he said Uncle Doug the first time. I look at John, I'm like, Uncle, Uncle Doug. Doug. And then it's like, Uncle Andy, too. Uh, and that's the that's the the feel. It's definitely a family I mean, Uncle Doug atmosphere. would be a great nickname for Doug Peters and just Uncle Doug. You want to make it official? <laughs> yeah, I'm down, man. I think it's great. Trey, you in, Uncle Doug? Uncle Doug sounds good. Okay. I think it's good. I like it. <laughs> Trey Thomas, John Barcher, James Seltzer. This is BGN Radio. Uh, Sean Brace coming up for the final NFL oh, pick oh, segment. Oh, of uh, of the season, and we got a lot of prop bets to get through. We also have a lot of people that are excited about uh, what's happening tomorrow, as you should be. 888-729-9494. It's good to Mac and Brumall. What's up, Mac? Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for um, hanging out, man. Yeah. Uh, it, I told your call screener a, a while ago about the Parcells and then Fan 3 with backup. There's actually more than that. If you remember, uh, I told him punk it for the Raiders. Oh, the yeah. Backup. Yeah, that, that's yeah. always kind of like a, and a weird... too. Yeah. But we were talking more backups who started late in the season. Hostetler and Williams both started two games for their teams before the playoffs. Foles, three. I think Plunkett was, what, like nine or ten games he started for those Raiders? Games in that year. Still counts, was like 14, I mean, he was technically backup. You are backup. correct, yeah, technically, yeah. Yeah, and, and I find it interesting that, that uh, we, we're now in a Super Bowl with a backup, and he's he's just doing an outstanding job, and and a lot of people I know, being a, a born again believer myself, he doesn't wear his religion on his sleeves. Uh, there was something on on YouTube or something or how he plans to be a minister, but mm-hmm. I believe I don't know if you ever seen the movie Facing the Giants. It's uh, it's a high school team, a Christian school beats un, unbeatable odds. Dan Reeves said it's a movie for every house, and I just believe they're going to do it this year. I'm 58. I've been following them for many years. And uh, I just think this is going to be their year. They've, they've gone through so much adversity, all the injuries. This is the year they're going to do it. And I'm a believer in it. And it's, it's, I'm really amped up and pumped up about seeing them doing it. And uh, can't, wait for, can't wait for tomorrow after church. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, there you go. Where are you watching the game, Mac? I, I, haven't, I, I don't know yet. Maybe with somebody from my church or something like that, because we have an evening service. I'm not going to miss it. But 
Look I at that. Will, dedicated yeah, dedicated to the evening service that, that he's going to find in time in between there. What I loved was, I, who knew Dan Reeves was a movie critic? Yeah, Dan yeah, Reeves Dan said Reeves. it's a film for all houses. <laughs> Five stars, two thumbs up. <laughs> Along with, uh, yeah, who is uh, Roper, right? He's uh, Oh, wait, he's the guy Richard who just got... Roper, yeah. he not, just got not the for, best not, time for Richard no, Roper. That's right. Oh, buying fake followers. <laughs> it always catches up to you in the end on the Twitter.com. Let's go to Alan Lumberton. What's up, Al? Yeah, um, first of all, the way I think if we can get to Brady with with uh, less than two seconds, we do that bull rush, and we put him down on his back. That's going to uh, that's going to um, break a lot of things up, and we can do that with the interior linemen. I think our defensive linemen are definitely going to crash through. And what I saw in the games that uh, you know, a few games that Brady lost, and the other games that even with the Giants game that one year is when he's rushed and he's harried, he has a hard time. And uh, even if you try, you know, I mean, he might have to go to the outside to those backs or whatever. But I think we're talking with a totally different caliber of team as far as this defense. This defense is unbelievable. And I'm all excited. I'm uh, 68 and I'm waiting a long time for this. I was only 10 years old when they won, you know, in 1960. So. This is a big, uh, you know, I was in the Navy, and I saw him beat Dallas before they went to Oakland. I was actually stationed out on the West Coast, even, uh, you know, so I had to hear a lot of that uh, that Oakland stuff when I was out there. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, you did hear the Oakland broadcast while that was going on, huh? Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, yeah, and Oakland, you know what, I'll tell you something. Oakland are very, very passionate guys. I mean, Definitely. I used to go to bars out there, and those guys used to take the places apart. But they're very, very they're very passionate fans. The other thing I want to say in closing, and thank you again for uh, giving me the time, is I want you to win this game for four people that I think of right up front. It's Jerome Brown's birthday Sunday. Yes, it is. Ah, bring it home for Jerome, baby. Reg, Reggie White. Mm-hmm. Good old buddy Ryan. And last but not least, very sad death, Andre Waters. Yes, Andre Waters. That's a good – yeah, that's – I think there are that so whole many Eagles. I mean, all those guys, that whole man, Joiner just... and 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 Byron Evans and like the whole team, man. Eric Allen, like they were, they were the guys that I know you, me, John, and I definitely grew up watching. Those That's are the my guys. First who, football team. That's what I mean, that. exactly. Yeah. Like Randall Cunningham. Like those are the, the my first football loves. The guys who who got me into being an Eagles fan, or were my you know my father got me in, but the guys who I was first fans of. I, I'm with you, man. I, I will absolutely when. When the clock strikes zero on Sunday night and and the Eagles are champions potentially, I will be uh, I will absolutely have those guys in the back of my mind, no question. And Trey, you were saying uh, during the break here that that is we we know that the this Eagles defense needs to get to Tom Brady. How yeah. do they do that though? Well, you know when you say okay, we're gonna get get to Tom Brady, you know that is the key is getting at the Tom Brady now. I went back and I watched their last game. And, I, you know, when I watch a game, I sit there with a stopwatch and I time every throw from the time the quarterback the center snaps the ball to the time the quarterback gets rid of the ball. Now, last week they had 64 plays called. I, 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 when I watch a game, I just call go off for all, every play that was called and I don't worry about the penalties or whatever. So I just go off of what was called if it was a run or pass. So, you know, out of that 64 plays, 49 of those plays were passes. You know, they only ran the ball 15 times. So, you know, you look back at it, okay, then I say, okay, 49 of those plays. Then I go back and I look at the, my timesheets. He only had 10 times where he went over the 2.5-second range. You know, now that means that every ball is coming out 
at 1.9. The quickest I see that I time was at a 1.7, you know, uh, 1.6. You had a couple 1.9. Then the rest were like 2.2, 2.3, 2.4. And then after that, if you get over that that 2.5 threshold, then now you start seeing more hits on the quarterback. He had – out of those 10 that went over that 2.5 range, he was sacked three times out of that 10. So we want to be able to get to Brady. And for us to be able to do that, that means that our secondary is going to have to play physical. We're going to need to get up on the on the receivers, throw the timing off to give our defensive line time to get to them. This offensive line is okay. You know, they, 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 they use their hands pretty well. They're punchers, but you can set a puncher up if you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And I think Chris Long is one of those guys that's really going to be instrumental in kind of helping – set that kind of stuff up because he, he when I talk to Chris Long, we kind of understand both the same thing on how to set a guy up when it comes to setting up a puncher. And then now when you when you um, mix Fletcher Cox into that, I think they're going to slide to Fletcher Cox a lot in this game just because around, they, yeah. they, yeah, because you know, they know that they have a weakness out of their guard, uh, Shaq Mason, that could be a problem. And then I trained Joe t- uh, th- t- Tooney. Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney out at IMG when I was down in Florida for a year. I, I, you know, I took a little time off and I went down to Florida and I ended up training him before he got it. No and then he got drafted and, you know, and then he he won a Super Bowl first, first time. <laughs> and, you know, but, um, you know, I think that, you know, this offensive line is someone that we could definitely attack. Um, but we should be able to expect that they're gonna gonna slide to Fletcher, and then now when you mix BGN, you get them over the three te- three technique yeah, that and that NASCAR yes. front, and then we just cut loose and get after. And I think Barnett can be extremely instrumental in this game, uh, especially when you're taking the edges. But our inside guys are going to be the ones because Brady doesn't drop back that far. He's not one of those guys that's going to take a a really deep drop. So everything is going to be right around that four or five-yard range, right behind the center. If we get pressure, make him step up into our, the – the, our, our interior rushers that can have a good day against these guards. Man, I hope that uh, I hope that comes around because that's I I do get nervous about the short passing game about Amendola yeah. and rub routes and, and the tempo, the tempo, the tempo, the tempo. I don't know. It, let's just say it's not really working. I mean, like, how do what do what do I expect Schwartz to do? Because he hasn't really yeah. shown that he adjusts in those. Well, oh, that's been the issues, right? I mean, the two most yards, the two most points the Eagles gave up all season was against that Giants offense. Eli Manning just getting the ball out quick, boom, 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 the sluggos. Oh, yep. my God, the sluggos. You know, all that type of stuff. So yep. I'm with you. I think that's going to be a really fascinating thing, especially, like, he might have to play a little press in there. He might yeah. have to move his guys up a little bit, which yep. was something that he he really struggled to make that specific adjustment in those games. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, go to our good friend, Colleen. Hi, Colleen. How are you? It's not Colleen. It's Mrs. Claus fulfilling her wishes to all the good children of Philadelphia. Mrs. Claus, you're way late. It's February. <laughs> but I have to cash in on my promises. Okay. I told you we were going to the Super Bowl. I promised you that Malcolm Jenkins was going to lead us there. I said our defense was going to score many touchdowns this year, as we have. So here, I'm telling Philadelphia and all the good Eagle boys 
make sure that you get it done because it's all up to you now. <laughs> all, and all. tell that Joe DeCamera that he's still getting cold this year <laughs> because I've heard bad, bad things about him. Oh, boy. Seltzer's been good. I hope you got everything you wanted. Barshard, you got many good things this year, didn't <laughs> you? That's uh, Well, uh, I appreciate the call, Colleen. It's your, it is always a, always a festive festive uh, time when you are on the line and we hope that all the good boys and girls of Philadelphia have Super Bowls in their stockings. You know, a uh, quick Eagles fact from our good friend John Gentile. Animals responsible for the most goat deaths annually. Number one, dogs. Number two, Eagles. Get out of here! Tom Brady, wow. you better watch out, son. It is uh, BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, James Seltzer, John Barchard here. Sean Brace joins us next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Eagles versus Patriots. Same teams as last time, just less puke. McNabb appears to be throwing up. Yep, he is. McNabb is throwing up. <laughs> no, I didn't throw up. Here are the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. Here on your home for Eagles football. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I don't know, McNabb puking or Prince being dead. Well, I can't, I can't, can't decide between the two. Which is what we front of the station. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Let us waste no time as we go to our own Fox 29 and Philly Influencer.com's Mr. Sean Brace. What's up, Sean? Gentlemen, what a season, what a season. And Super Bowl 52 is tomorrow. I can't wait. It's been a great, great ride with you guys. And uh, this is going to be unbelievable, this game tomorrow. Yeah, it is. It is going to be unbelievable. More unbelievable are some of these prop bets, which means it is time for the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The Super Bowl NFL picks are brought to you by the casino at Delaware Park. We can watch and wager pretty much on anything that we're about to talk about. Just head down to Delaware Park, down 95. It is a quick quick trip and a great place to watch the Super Bowl. The Delaware, uh, the casino at Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery, and you must be 21 to play. We certainly don't have to be 21 to watch. James Seltzer, which prop bet are we doing first? We got lots of prop bets to get to here, boys. So let's start off with the obvious one, the one that many people would bet on starting off the game. Heads or tails? What do you think with the coin flip? Which way do you go? Even odds for both sides. Minus 105 for both. Which way is it going, Johnny? Uh, tails never fails for me, Sean. I'm going with tails. I love the fact that we're debating heads or tails right now. I'm <laughs> w- great. I'm going tails as well. Uh, Trey, were you, were you a tails or heads, heads guy? Heads oh, guy? Oh, yeah. well, there we go. Well, Trey is incorrect. I'm going to ring the bell on that one. <laughs> tails never fails, Mr. Brace. Correct on that one. All right, this is a fun one. Uh, because I don't, I have no idea which way to go on this. I could totally see this being yes. I could totally see this being no. Mr. Brace, lead us off on this one. Will Justin Timberlake be wearing a hat when he begins his halftime performance? <laughs> yes is the favorite at minus 140, no even odds. I love it. I love it. And part of me thinks that he's going to be wearing a hat when he takes that stage. It's just his style. He's going to be out there for a few songs, so take it off. He comes out with a hat, though. Wow. Uh, I'm, wow. Uh, I'm definitely going to say hat. Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah. take the odds here. Oh, my God. Ring the bell again on all of you. What? <laughs> no hat. Timberlake is coming out ready to roll. He's going to do it. And no he's going to flip it. He's going to flip it off right away. Yeah, you guys are right. He's totally going to have a hat <laughs> on. Have one hat. Ring the bell. All right, another classic one. And, and, John, you and I talked about this earlier in the week. 
give you a little inside info on this yeah. one, potentially. Mr. Brace, what color will the Gatorade be that is poured on the game-winning coach? Lime green, orange, red, clear, blue, or purple? And last year, we did not have a Gatorade celebration because the oh. Patriots ruined everything to take fun yes, out of Yes, right? <laughs> so this weekend, tomorrow, I don't think the Eagles change it up. NFC Championship game is lime green. Give me the favorite. I think they stay with the same. Lime green. Uh, I think uh, that the Eagles are probably going to win this one, and that's why I'm also selecting that, because twice we've seen it now. Yes. It's been lime or yellow or some form of that color. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with the lime green as well. Stick with the inside info. They already dubbed them. All right, this is a big one for me, and I'm going to lead it off because I feel very strongly about this one here. Who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first in his speech? The the favorite is teammates, then God, coach, city, owner, family, or does not mention any of the above. Mm. I think this one should be taken off the board because (laughs) we all know that when Nick Foles wins the MVP of the Super Bowl, first he's going to say this. How's everyone doing? Then he's going to thank God. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. 100%. Sean, are you with, uh, with, uh, which one are you taking with there? Absolutely, man. You know he's going to thank the man above. So give me Nick Foles and the man above, sure. Yeah, Trey, you on with that? Yeah, I'm going with that as well because, yeah. you know, he wants to be a pastor. It, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with that too. There's no no way you can get me off God. All yeah. right. I got one more fun one for you. See if anyone else has any tossing quickly. But uh, I love the cross sports props here. So total number of medals won by the 2018 U.S. Winter Olympic oh, team. All right. Minus 200 is a favorite versus total points by the winning team at Super Bowl 52. Mr. Brace, where are you going? Man, uh, so you typically, just so I can give Sean I a little give bit, you, a little bit of help. Oh, you numbers. have it? Okay. Yeah. Yes. In 2014, uh, 28 medals was won by the United States. In 2010, they won 37 medals, which was a record. Ooh. Give me the over. Gotta go over. I agree. Right? USA, yeah, baby. I- you gotta go medals, right? No, I'm, I'm going to take the uh, ring the bell. <laughs> I'm taking the score, man. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I, I will say I'm not feeling too confident about the uh, the USA team. I'm going to oh, say no. they, they come in right around 25 or 28 Ooh. medals. Trey, what do you think? Higher score or the, the Olympic medals? I'm going to go higher score. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, Trey's on with me. Oh, high high score. All right, let's get down to nitty-gritty. That's you, James. James. The oh, nitty gritty. Yeah. The actual right. the actual thing that we the, need oh, yeah, to the, talk the about. The actual reason we're doing picks. <laughs> All right. Uh as of now, uh you could get it either four or four and a half a lot of places. We will take it at four and a half. Not that I think it's gonna matter what the spread is too much. Uh Mr. Brace, lead us off. The Patriots four and a half point favorites tomorrow against the Eagles. Well, you guys have been listening all show, so I know which way you guys are leaning. John, we did a show earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. You know I'm leaning. I came out basically Sunday night and said the Eagles, and I put my money where my mouth was that Monday. I got it at five and a half. Uh, give me the Eagles all day. Uh, they they pull this outright. I think Fletcher Cox, he understands that he has to step up. Tim Jernigan, that defensive line, they can win the game. Give me the birds. Give me the points. They win it outright, though. Trey? Uh, I think the birds are definitely going to win it outright as well. Yeah, and I think, and I agree, man. I think our defensive front, Fletcher Cox and Jernigan and all of them and company, they are going to go ahead and do their thing and hold it down. Oh, just kidding. Oh, man. Just kidding. I was going to tackle kidding. you. The Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tomorrow is going to be the greatest day of many of our lives. Yeah. I had it at 27 to 24, but honestly, the more I think about it, the more I think it could be even more. I'm going to go 34, 24. I'm changing my call on the fly. Uh, I'm uh, The one thing I am betting on is the over because I think it will happen. I said it on the podcast. I'll say it here. I do believe, Sean, that this is going to be. Uh, in control, a lot of the second half, 30 to 20 birds, and we all go celebrating in Broad Street till 6 a.m. Sean, thank you so much, man. We will uh, we will definitely catch up with you in a little bit, my friend, and we'll see you soon. 
Thanks, boys. Go Birds! Go Birds! Yeah. Uh, well, we know what time it is, gang. It's here. And if I might, may borrow from Herb Brooks for just a moment, I am sick and tired of hearing about the Patriots. This is your time. Your time. Not anybody else's. You've been told for so long about what you are and what you are not as a football team. That ends in a simple 25, six hours, whatever we have left in this program. We all know what you can do. We've stood by your side for the entire playoffs with a gigantic roar. And now it's time to turn your heads to what we think is going to be one of the most special moments ever in Philadelphia. Gentlemen, you can go from heroes to gods, from being remembered for one moment to being a legendary for the rest of our lives. Between Nick Foles, between Chris Long, between Fletcher Cox, and the things that will rise up against us, we have no fear. There is just one person on the other side, and it is Tom Brady. And he is not legendary. He is not a goat. He is just a man. Be more man than him. Take him to the limit. Destroy everything that they have built in one fell swoop between everything that you have stood and worked for. We were 53 angry men at one point. Be 53 angry men again as you take on the Golden Patriots and destroy a legacy. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles! This has been BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP.